welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Monday, January the 24th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace and God's life and God's goodness within, around, and among you today. My friends, I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope it was filled with all good things. Uh, and and those things that weren't, I, I hope you were able to realize you weren't alone in the midst of that and, and find the strength and the grace to walk through those uh, with those loved ones around uh, with you. So uh, we're going to continue through Mark. We're going to continue on chapter 3. We missed just a little bit. If you remember last week, we walked through chapter 3, I want to say at least the last three days, if not the last four. And we left off on Friday with Jesus calling the 12 apostles. Well, on Saturday, had we continued to read, we would have just read two verses of Mark. Uh, I want to say verses 21, no, 20 and 21, uh, immediately following the call of the apostles. And it was Jesus went back with his apostles to Capernaum. His family uh, thought that he was an extended family, it says, thought he was just uh, crazy and they tried to seize him. So really, that's what it is. And that lends us or leads us to today. So if you're following along, we're going to read Mark 3, verses 22 to 30. So a little bit more extensive than we would have on Saturday. 22 to 30. So let's break open God's Word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The scribes who had come from Jesus said, from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder the house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, certainly, we've got to get into that last part, right? What is that sin against the Holy Spirit that's unforgivable? Um, we're going we're gonna to touch upon that. And, uh, and, and we're going to muddle through it as best I know how, which is, uh, you know, certainly... Uh, I don't know how solid of ground, but, I, but I, I'll, I'll invite us into that anyway with a conversation. But I want to start with this. So again, I brought up that brief part that we missed on Saturday for a reason. Why? Because remember, we're only in the third chapter of Mark's gospel, and Jesus is seeing conflict everywhere. 
He saw it with the disciples of John the Baptist, even, who were giving him a hard time about the traditions, right? The disciples of the Pharisees, the Pharisees themselves, the elders, uh, his own extended family. And now we see the scribes. I mean, honestly, Jesus can't go anywhere without running into confrontation. Uh, And again, that doesn't mean we seek confrontation out. I I don't think, well, I, I think we can be honest. And so Jesus was not seeking it out, but he was simply trying to unpack the fullness of what the law invited us to. That the understanding of the day, that God was much bigger than the understanding of the day. And because of that, he got in trouble at every turn because people didn't like his more full, more beautiful invitation of what the law invites us to. Remember, I pointed to it last week, that in in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew, he constantly says, you have heard it said, meaning in the law, you have heard it say this, but I tell you, let's go to a deeper understanding of it. He does it a minimum of five times between uh, chapters 5, 6, and 7 in Matthew's gospel. And, and they accuse him of trying to undermine the law. And he says, listen, I, I, the, the last thing I want to do effectively, Jesus is saying, is undermine the law. I didn't come to, to you know, abolish it. I came to fulfill it. I came to help you understand it more fully. But because of that, he runs into enemies, even his own family. Um, and, and here again, he's trying to help us understand more fully. And this is one about truth. This is what, what's happening. So what's happening here is the scribes are coming down and they're undermining his ministry. Why? By spreading rumors about him. By spreading untruths. By calling him fake news. I mean, my gosh, my friends, we live in a world today. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, well, I know better and, and here's where you believe and here's where he's not. What I am saying is we live in a world that that undermines one another constantly. And I'm not just talking about a political reality. I'm talking about a reality on on every level that we see in communities, that we see in states, that we see, yes, in government, that we see in families, that we see in friendships, that we see in churches. We see it everywhere. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a human reality here. Um, That the scribes are trying to undermine him. What are they saying? Hey, listen, he's doing all these things because you know what? He's, he's Beelzebul. The, the spirit of Beelzebul is working through him. And that's how he's able to, you know, throw out these demonic things, you know, because they're, they're listening to their elder Beelzebul and, and it's going on here. And so that's why Jesus says, listen, I'm going to speak in parables, but effectively he's saying, you guys don't get it, right? Because if that's what it's come to, if Satan's driving out Satan, the house is already divided and it's going to fall. That rumors and untruths are ultimately going to lead to not just division, uh, but a catastrophe. It's going to lead to that house falling, which I think should send warning bells for all of us, my friends, um, in, in what's going on in our, in our world today, that... Uh, the, to the extent that we partake 
within that rumor building, within that, that undermining, within that division, we are helping cause this very thing that's going on that Jesus is saying, listen, I, that house can't stand and will not stand because it is divided against itself. Um, okay, so what that leads to, and, and I want to point to it here, uh, because again, um, I'm on, I'm on some, some soft ground here, uh, because I, I want to give you as best I can my understanding of what Jesus is saying here, but please know, my friends, this is not the last word. So Jesus is saying here, amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. I want to read that to you again. Amen, I say to you. Whenever he says that, he said, it's, it's his way or the gospel writer's way of saying, listen to what's coming next. This is important. Amen, I say to you. This is big time. All sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. That is great news. Every sin that we commit will be forgiven them. But, but, okay, let's, let's do the turn. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. So what is the sin against the Holy Spirit? Because that's unforgivable. The last line gives us a hint. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. So what, what we get an idea of is not just the division that they're causing, not just the undermining, but the, the understanding or the idea that they believe what they're saying. Uh, and so they won't be open to anything else. I want to read it to you. Now, I read to you from the uh, USCCB website today, the New American Version, but I want to read you the translation from the message because it's really interesting how he says this. It's just, you know, it might open up uh, a little bit different perspective. And, and this is those same uh, words translated thus. Listen to this carefully. I'm warning you. There's nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. But if you persist in your slanders against God's Holy Spirit, you are repudiating the very one who forgives sawing off the branch on which you're sitting, severing by your own perversity all connections with the one who forgives. Isn't that good? It's not saying, okay, oh, you're a good, you're a good person, you're a good woman, good man, and I can't, but, but if you do this, if you think the wrong thing or say the wrong thing over here, nope, can't forgive that one. So we've got to avoid, you know, door number three, but door number one, two, four, yeah, no problem. Don't worry about those. Those are all forgiven, but no, door number three. No, it's not what he's saying. He's saying, effectively, to the extent that you repudiate God, and, and, and who and what is God? God is truth, right? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But to the extent that we look at that truth and say, no, that, that's not what I accept and what I believe. That is unforgivable 
not because God cannot forgive, but because we are sawing off the very branch, because we won't allow ourselves to be open to that forgiveness. Do you see the difference? The, the difference is, to the extent that I believe that if, if God is, is truth and, and I am not open to that truth, using this example, Jesus is uh, healing people uh, because he's Beelzebul and uh, he's using Beelzebul and the prince of demons to, to heal others. To the extent that they believe that and they won't get off that or back off that idea because they believe it, God cannot get at them because they are not open to repentance. They're not open to that idea of being, um, of, of being in need of repentance, of, of being, they're not open to the humility of being incorrect. So brothers and sisters, I, I think what this invites us to ponder today is, is simply this. What is more important to us? Is it more important us, for us to be right to be correct, to be in, in any argument, to, to stand on firm ground, you know, um, no matter what it is, to be unchanging, um, because whatever reason, it makes us look stronger, makes us look more firm, makes us look more intelligent. I, I don't know. Is it more important for us to be deemed right in the eyes of the others or 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 is it more important that we are open to what is real, to what is true? Um, and yes, that, that's going to take humility because it, it, it invites us to say, I was wrong, or I needed to change my mind, or uh, it, it invites us to humble ourselves and say, um, forgive me, uh, or to say, I, I am in need of repentance. I need to think differently. You know, the only people, if you read scripture, I'll, I'll, I'll say virtually the only people, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost ready to say the only people and, and take the word virtually out. But I think virtually the only people Jesus gives a hard time are the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees. Why? Because they sin against the Holy Spirit because they do not believe they need to repent. They do not believe that they are incorrect. They believe they already have the truth and they stand on it and they are not open to any other source or understanding. Brothers and sisters, Jesus came. He came so that we may have a more full understanding of the law. To the extent that we are entrenched already and assume we already have a full understanding of the law, we become modern-day Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes, and Jesus would give us a hard time. We need to be open to the Spirit of God, who is truth. And in those times when we are incorrect, to humble ourselves, to make ourselves vulnerable, to fully repent and change how we think, because that's more important than standing on a, a tradition lowercase t uh, because it makes us feel more comfortable or in control. And, and boy, that can be a hard place to be. But my friends, remember this. 
We stand on God. We stand on the rock that is God. And if we're standing on some understanding that's poor or standing on some tradition that, that the tradition becomes my God, lowercase g, um, that's not nearly as stable. We need to get off that anyway and get on the only thing that is stable, which is God, and, uh, and to be open to that, uh, even if it takes humility to do so. It's a feast day today, uh, and it's the feast of St. Francis de Sales. And uh, here's all I'll say about Francis. Lived in the 16th into the early 17th century. Bishop, doctor of the church. So again, this guy has an amazing uh, story to tell, and one that I don't have enough time to do and don't have enough understanding. But here's what I love about Francis. Not, not necessarily his writings, because there are other people who have done writings. Not necessarily the fact he was a bishop. There have been plenty of other good bishops. Not just the fact that his father wanted him to be a lawyer, and he, in the midst of his studies, decided he wanted to enter uh, the priesthood. All, all good things. But that he was a, a saint effectively because the people looked at him and saw him uh, in a saintly way because he was humble because he was meek, because he was kind. That axiom that you attract more bees with honey than vinegar, that comes from St. Francis de Sales. Uh, because his, he had a gentle breeze of the Spirit. It was good to be around him. So in a sense for me, it's what I picture a saint being like. Not just studious, not just, you know, otherworldly or, or you know, whatever but somebody who simply, in their presence, you felt loved and felt the Spirit of God present. That was Francis de Sales. What a good man. So we're going to invite him to pray for us today. So my friends, let us uh, pray ourselves. And uh, we begin, we go through the luminous mysteries this week. So let's begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first luminous mystery, the baptism of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. And because it is my sister Eileen's birthday today, happy birthday, Eileen, I say Saints Francis de Sales and Saint Ellen, pray for us. My friends, have a wonderful Monday. God's love and blessings to you.